Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanbytes Weekly News Show, rounding up the headlines and games and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. It's been a jam-packed week full of a ton of stories and none bigger than this week's Animal Crossing Direct with some kind of stunning announcements about how Nintendo is handling their upcoming expansion pack for their online service. With me to talk about that and much more is our very own brand editor plus, Nikki Grayson. Hello, Nikki. Hello. No introduction? No. This is the second time. We can't keep doing this. I have already introduced you in the previous segment. Yeah, but like like no introduction. Do you like, do you get a lot from being introduced? Like in kind of your Yeah, it's the only thing that keeps me going, Sean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean okay. I, I usually I will I walk into like coffee shops. Yeah. And I will like I will find a person, like the person closest to the door and I'll tap on their shoulder and I'll be like, Hey, can you um my name's Nicholas Grayson, can you just like announce that I've arrived to the room? Okay. Usually they say so sometimes it's just like I, it doesn't really happen a lot, you right? Know? So so okay. So do you want me to introduce you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Please welcome to the show Nicholas Grayson. Hey, all right, I'm here. Yay! Wow. Yeah, talk about environmental crossing, and it. Yeah, some fucking bird makes coffee now. Can you tell me about he that? He uses well. Is that he, okay? First of all, John, he's made the coffee for over fifteen years. See, this is the Russian thing. So I don't know anything about these weird dogs. I played, I played, I played Animal Crossing New Horizon. Yeah. When it came out, like everyone mm-hmm. on Earth did. Yeah. I played it for about a month and a half, and then I stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So uh, Nintendo did a direct uh, this week um, that uh, that uh, talked about a free update, which is 2.0, and a paid update. So let's talk about mm-hmm. 2.0, which involves yeah. this rooster named Brewster. Nope. nope. Is he not a rooster? No. Why is he? He's a pigeon. Okay. Why is he called Brewster? Because he makes coffee, John. Right, but I thought it was a play on rooster brew. No, like no, a brew no, no. rooster. No, 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 no. Okay. Here's the reason why he's not a rooster, and this is this is fucking just deep shit. The reason why he's not a rooster is because all of the um the player, sorry, all of the villagers, there are only a handful of kinds of villager. Right. All of the NPCs are animals that the villagers can never be. 
Oh. So like, vac- so like, which isn't to say that like, like Isabel's a dog. Right. And like, like there are other dogs, but the kind of dog that Isabel is, yeah, there, there are no another. other kind of dog. Okay. There are only llamas. The only two llamas are NPCs. Wow. So the only, there are roosters already. Yeah. That are villagers. Yes. That are villagers. So they, so the coffee man can't be, um, a, a villager. Here's the thing about, uh, Brewster that nobody really talks about. And I've, I read a lot of coverage online on websites, kind of like fam, fanbite.com. And let me see. Kodaku, Kodaku.com. Um, it's, Co- Poly- it's Kodak's Poly- game site. Kodak's game and, and Polygon. Um, and no one talked kind of about how in the original game that Brewster was born in animal crossing wild world for the Nintendo DS, you could go to the museum, which is where the coffee shop is. And then eventually if you talk to him enough, he would say, would you like some milk for your um, coffee? And you go, yeah. And then he says, I will get you a fine of serving of pigeon milk. <laughs> now conversation we literally just had where I told you about how there's only one pigeon in the whole game because it's an NPC. So where's the milk coming from? Where's the milk coming from? <laughs> where's the milk? Kind of like, where's the milk? Brewster, from? you dirty Nintendo? bird. What you are you know? talking like, where's, about? Like, where's the milk coming from, Brewster? Um, but yeah, the, they're adding a bunch of shit um, as part of Animal Crossing New Horizons 2.0, yeah. which is coming out next week and is the literal last update that Nintendo not, will make to their <laughs> most... Popular it's, game it's not next of all week. time. It's not next week. It's, it's no, no, 5th. not next week. It's November November fifth. November fifth. Yeah. What day is it? Today? Oh, so in like three weeks. Yeah. Um, literally, literally, like not hyperbole. Nintendo's most popular game. Yes. Of all time. Correct. This the second major update is the Will final. The final. Game. Yeah. Um. So that's just funny to me. Um, Let, let's let's list what we're getting and then let's talk about that and then sure. I wa- and then I want to talk about how they how they fucked up. Yeah. Um, so they they've got so the roost, which is the cafe the in cafe. the museum. Okay. Yes. So they've got cool. Uh, cool. Yeah, you can spend some money to get all of that stuff. You got Cap'n, who is a turtle? Question mark unclear he's got a boat his whole thing is that he takes you to islands but now i hear what you're saying john that's already a thing yeah also that's already literally in the game yeah what's the difference so um he takes you to islands that are different is kind of his thing will 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 the experience of getting to those islands be as bad as flying to them uh it will be well it depends on whether or not you like sea shanties sung in animal crossing voice okay because he has a huge bank of sea shanties that he can sing um that happens instead of the loading screen okay um so he's there he can take you to island the difference is right like the the dodo airlines island adventures are all two islands that are very close to your island in the lore Got it. Um, so they have things that are slightly different, but they are they adhere to the same rules as your island. The islands that Captain takes you to can like be in a different season. So like if it's summer, you can go to a winter island. Mm. Um, and they have like different plants and different animals and different like variants based on a handful of different variables that those islands can contain. Sure. So presumably that is just how they're different. Um 
Reese and Cyrus are coming back. Okay. They were the recycling people um, from oh. Animal Crossing, the DS one. Okay. They used to run a store called, no one's quite sure, but it was the recycling store. It was like a thrift shop, basically. I'm going to pop some tags, you know. Um, <laughs> they were there, and they're back. And Harvey, the pervert dog with the sunglasses. Yeah. He's back, uh, and better than ever. Uh, they basically were like, well, what if we just took Pocket Camp, which is the phone one, yes. and just made part of the game that. So all of the traveling NPCs, like Kix, the guy who sells you shoes, yeah. um, and Red, the art guy in Sahara, the rug camel, um, will be able to have permanent installations on Harvey's Island, making it a useful place to go now, as opposed okay. to before when it wasn't useful for anything other than recreating episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants using Animal Crossing guys. Um, Tortimer, the mayor from the old games, fucking alive. He's alive. Now, if you want to refer back to, and this is stretching way back into fanbite lore, but Mm -hmm. uh, before this game came out, we were both very sure that uh, Tortimer was dead. Yeah. Um, And he might have been, right? Because Katrina is a witch and Mm. she'll give you a fortune, but she's coming back at the same time, right? So maybe he was dead. He's very crucially, he's not standing up in any of the video clips that we see. He's always sitting down. And you're like, what does that mean? What right? does that mean? What does it mean? What, what, is, what is Nintendo trying to say? Uh, but uh, Mortimer's back. Um, and also Harriet, the, uh, the hairstylist is back, which is weird because you could just buy hairstyles at the store now. Right. And they completely eliminated the need for her character, but now she's back. And when I, I rewatched the direct again right before this, um, and it seems like she only brings five hairstyles, but you can also get those hairstyles out of the machine. So I don't really know why she's back. But is she's it back. is it just kind of like a hey, it's fun to have a character be back, or I mean, yeah, I it's like, guess there seems to be no mechanical no like necessity because you literally you can yeah. just. You can look at a mirror. It used to be that you would have to wait for the fuck. It it would take a million years for the barbershop or like the hair salon to open. And then you would only, it would only be open from X hour to X hour only on certain days. And then that was the only way you could change your hair. But in this game at launch, all you had to do was walk up to a mirror and be like, I want to change my hair. And you could change your hair. So doing a big shrug. Yeah. Um, They're adding stretching exercises yeah um i saw that uh i i think they're also adding cooking so you can cook well kind of kind of you can basically use crops to basically like put food on a table basically right yeah so they yeah they're adding fruits and vegetables that will be using the diy system that already exists yes um you can do those things and I guess you can eat stuff in the game currently, but all it does is make you be able to pick up trees with a yeah, shovel yeah, yeah. or break an axe or break a rock with an axe. Yeah. So I assume it'll just do the same thing. So I don't really understand. Like I get it's cute, but like, okay. Um, what if it gives you the power back, to chop a house over? Nothing. It would give, it would go and then it would. God, that'd be so cool though if you like if yeah, you it, ate, would, it would be cool if you ate like a bowl of like clam chowder and then you could mm-hmm. basically destroy everyone's house on the island mm-hmm. that anyway. would be incredible um but you can't no, you gyrates can't. are back though 
Gyroids are back, so those are basically another thing that can be grown. Given to, so the way that so, they okay. used to the way that they used to exist is that they would just appear in the ground every day, like a fossil. Like every day, like the fossils spawn in a random tile on the map. In the past, a gyroid, one gyroid would spawn on the map um, at a ra- at a random tile, and you would go and dig it up, and you'd be like, "You got a." Uh, spring spring long or whatever they're called i made that one up that's yeah. what i know that's what they sound like though um but they are just little music guys yeah that you can just little things with faces yeah so there used to be like different categories for each instrument that they emulated and then there were small medium and big ones which changed the notes but what it seems like the difference now is is that if you get one if you replant it and then water it with the watering can, you can make it bigger to change the note yeah. that the thing plays, which is kind of cool. Um, that was legitimately my my biggest frustration because I fucking love the gyroids. Like I used to have multiple rooms in my old Animal Crossing homes, which were just a fucking cacophony of these weird little guys just kind of like dancing around being like, and just like that was all you could hear. Um, people hated coming to my island. <laughs> Um, they added ladders. Yeah, you could permanently place ladders, which I think is is good. It still takes the same amount of fucking time to go up and down them, though. So. You know what? You know what's a small but pretty significant uh, change is that now you can what? squeeze through tight spaces. That that was legitimately huge. That was like that's a big deal. That's a, actually a big deal because if you don't if you don't know if you've never played Animal Crossing, you place things in sh- small environments in your home, and you want to construct a believable looking home that's the thing but if you construct a believable looking home which means like there is enough room for a person to get through you're basically just like you can never get through it and now they're finally adding the ability to squeeze into tight places which i think is really that's Um, nice yeah you used to have to like have your table 65 tiles away or yeah yeah um which is for your little for your little guy legs to fit through yeah they doubled the amount of space that you can of stuff that you can fit in your house. And then instead of just being like, you know what? Fuck it. It's been uh, over a year and a half. Just you can just have access to all this shit. Yeah. Um, and we'll make your pockets bigger. They were like, we've added a closet <laughs> um, and you can put the closet down anywhere and then access your storage in your house, which like, They're like we have to do a closet. It can't agree. be magic. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be all a closet the- and magic. Yeah, all of the like the very easy quality of life changes that um, literal children were giving Nintendo ideas for in um, the third week of March. So a week and a half after the game was released, um, none of that shit made it in. So all of the the same UI UX uh, pain points are still extant because, oh, well, I'm just assuming they didn't fucking talk about them. And Nintendo spent a very long time talking about how you could fit into tight spaces. So. I assume that that's because they're not in the game. Yeah. Um, you can put walls now in your house. Walls are good. Walls I mean, are good. There's so also lighting and ceiling decorations yeah, and stuff. I mean, can, there's so some they, cool stuff yeah. here. There's a lot of cool stuff. They added more uh, KK slider songs. Yeah. And then I immediately was like, they should add a KK pop, K-pop song. And then I was like, what do you, what do you call it? And I was like, KKK pop. And I was like, nope. No. Yep. You can't you can't call it so it's probably gonna be KK pop. Um, but that's not just like be courageous, Nintendo. You yeah. Know? 
Um, they added new emotes. They added new emotes, new new reactions to stuff. It's a it's a fairly robust free expansion, a free yeah. update, basically. It is an expansion that I would not have the the gumption to call 2.0. Um, I would not either. There do not seem to be any meaningful changes to this enough for it to be a 2.0. But yeah. but uh I they also announced in the same thing Happy Home Paradise which is a $25 DLC yes. which is also launching on November 5th which will allow you to uh basically you're hired to attend uh to attend to visitors of a resort. Uh, mm-hmm. You will eventually be given uh, uh, brand new options uh, of furniture and things that are not in the original base game. Um, I don't know if this is a $25 thing that's worth it. So here's here's why I know it's a $25 thing that's, well, worth it, I don't know. Here's why I know Nintendo thought and we'll get away with charging $25 yeah. for it yeah, because they released a $60 game that was exactly this for the Wii U yeah. towards the end of the Wii U's life cycle. Yes. Um, not like exactly this. There's new stuff. Um, and like the, the framing is different, blah, blah, blah. But Happy Home Designer was a game that already existed Yeah. Um, for the Wii U. And uh, it's mostly that. They brought most of that shit into this game. Um, it's cool. It is more um, Simsy than I kind of expected yeah. it to be, um, because there's there's like there's a little bit of God complex, obviously in like normal Animal Crossing, but there is very much like they have dreams. Like you walk up to them and yep. you can read their minds, and they're like, "I want to live in a place that has a bunch of construction shit in it," and then you buy them a house. And then you're like, you're moving into this fucking house and then you fill it with tractors and fucking uh, bulldozers and stuff. And then they added soundscapes. Uh, so you can just have a CD player somewhere in the room that's just playing construction, construction noises. noise. <laughs> and you're like, this is your house now. And they're like, great. I love it. I love it so um, much. So, yeah, that's it. Honestly, there are. I personally, as a person who completely fell off of Animal Crossing because of Nintendo's complete inability to support it in a way that would have made a person like me continue to play it. Um, I don't know if I will, I will obviously get it, but like, I'm not going to probably, I'm not for a lot of people. This is a brand new fucking video game. Yeah. 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 This is like, this is a hundred extra hours of video game that they will get for $25 for me. And for you, that's not what this is. That's not what this is. Okay. Um, but the thing that I think is interesting about Happy Home Paradise yes. is not the amount of money it costs if you buy it from the eShop. Yes. It is the way that they've decided to bundle it into Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, let's talk costs, about that. That was the other big thing that Nintendo yeah. basically announced today which is, is how the expanded the expansion pack, which is basically the Nintendo 64 Sega Genesis stuff that we already knew about. Sega Genesis. Uh, but also, apparently, will involve this DLC, which I think is interesting. I don't get it. I, I, you know what I think I, what is very funny to me about the fact that Nintendo 64 Sega Genesis and 
Happy Home Paradise is bundled into the expansion pack, which, by the way, is going to be $50 instead of $20. $20. Uh, or $80 for a family account, which supports eight people. Uh, that basically includes 12 months of Nintendo Switch Online, access to the which N64. Every, which everybody uses every single day. Every single day. Access to the N64 and Sega Genesis games and uh, and Happy Home Paradise. Um, to me, this indicates a rare instance although this is a weird swing but a but a rare instance where nintendo is looking at uh reaction to oh my god we have to pay we have to pay more for nintendo 64 and sega genesis games and them going well what if we also gave you this like i don't know if that moves the needle but that almost seems to be what they're thinking is because this is a very strange thing to just bundle into this expansion pack. It is. I, I, I agree with you that it seems like a weird add yeah. to the, to the, the quote expansion pack, because why would you announce the pricing of Nintendo switch online? They did not say numbers at all in this Nintendo direct. No, the pricing for the expansion pack came out in a tweet afterwards mm-hmm. from nintendo um but even though it's still not worth it the math still doesn't work right because if it's 20 dollars, right a year all right now the implication is that you could just pay 25 dollars one time to get this forever so which would put you at 45 dollars, which is currently less than how much a year of of new Nintendo Switch Online plus the expansion pass costs. Yes. Which means that Nintendo thinks that the value every month of the Nintendo 64 and the Sega Genesis is somewhere between $5 and $10 a month, which which is uh, comedy. It's pretty absurd. That's comedy to me. So I don't... It doesn't make any sense. The people also... The people who are going to play this... Do not give a single fucking shit about Nintendo 64 or Sega Genesis games. Definitely not about Sega Genesis games. Yeah. Yeah. But like, that's not. not who this is for. Like, no. my sister plays Animal Crossing Steal It basically every day. Yep. You know what she's not going to fucking do? Sign up for a $50 a year membership to play Sega membership Genesis thing games. to play a thing that she could just buy once for $25. Yep. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. the The economy doesn't make sense. No, the the, the value prop doesn't. It's not there. It just doesn't make sense. Um, the, I I tweeted this out yesterday, and I I feel like I should probably write something about it. But like currently, it seems like Nintendo is in the business of leaving money on the table. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because the things that they could be doing and charging money for are yeah. are are innumerable. It was innumerable. The, the thing I was the thing that inspired that take was uh Andy Cortez over at Kinda Funny tweeted out a screenshot of the <laughs> Nintendo Switch themes yeah, setting. The theme wide variety of themes. Of of light and dark. <laughs> which why would why would you put at some point someone at Nintendo was like, we're gonna sell themes. And then at some point someone said, No, we're not. Right. But then they left the whole fucking menu yeah. in the settings thing. Yep. And instead of putting it under like display settings, which is where you could hide it, 
Like it would make sense if you there was a display settings because it's a binary controller. option, right? Yeah, yeah. But you it could would just, just put be, that you anywhere. Would, you would just put it anywhere. Yeah. It could just be a switch. It could literally be a sun icon on the fucking like in the dots at the top right of the screen. Yep, you could tap. It could be a sun to a moon, and you yep. could just tap it, and it could switch. Hundred percent. But like at some point, someone was like, "No, we're not going to sell skin. Why? Why not? Why not?" You're you're gonna sell me a dock and a switch that you know you're you're gonna sell me fifteen to twenty different SKUs of a switch that have different designs on them. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go through all that trouble, but you're not gonna hire uh, an artist or two to basically make little themes for different games that come out. You could make one for literally every single garbage yes. shovelware game that uh-huh. comes on the Switch, and some pervert will buy it. Yep, it wouldn't even. The thing that really got me when i started like thinking about it yesterday was like even if they didn't want to put any of their people on it yeah they would still be able they could just be like hey we're taking 50 you can put these on the store but yeah. instead of taking 30 percent, we're taking 50 percent, 100 percent. and then they would have to literally do nothing 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 mm-hmm. and then they would be making money yep. for literally doing nothing. So it's like, I don't, it is a bizarre way to approach this. And I, and I think it's just, it's directly connected to the Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis stuff. It's like no one at Nintendo understands how people spend money currently. Yeah. And then they're also, for some reason, not, they're making money hand over fist right now, mm-hmm. obviously. But at, but, <laughs> Not to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Go make more money. <laughs> but like, what the fuck are you doing? Go make more money. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't. The, the ways that they want to make more money seem to be the hardest. They want to. Yes. Yes. They want to yes. take old bundles of Mario Party games and update them with new graphics, package them together in something new and say, this is $60. Instead, they could make the same amount of money just probably selling themes. Like, it's fine. And then also and then also trying to charge you another $60 to buy a Nintendo 64 fucking control. Yeah. Right. What's just got a USB at the other end of it instead. Yep. Yep. It's like real. Like, really? I know. I know. It just doesn't, I'm, the switch seems like, and this doesn't really make any sense, the thing I'm about to say, but it seems like they weren't ready for the switch to be successful because of how bad the Wii U went. Yeah. But I also would have very quickly within the first calendar year. Right. Totally reverse course on all that. Yes. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, people like the thing. Yeah. Okay. We can do other things. There is no reason Animal Crossing, um, what is this game called? New Horizons. New Horizons should have its support ended. Oh, no, it should be a live game. Just like Mario Maker 2, just like other stuff. Yeah, this should have been a live game. There's literally no reason. It's like, it's not even that it's Nintendo. They have the money to hire a team to just like churn, to just like churn tiny shit out every month yes there's like it doesn't it doesn't i don't get it i don't get it either now i'm getting mad thinking about it john i know but but it's i i don't know if it's to their credit but i'll but i'll say i'll say this 
they know what they want and they're sticking to it. Now, whether it makes any sense, I, I don't yeah. know. But it's like, but that's but that's what they've that's, done. I mean, that's, that's what they like, did with Smash. Like, listen, Sakurai yeah. should take a nap. Like, Sakurai yes. should just like like. But but if I'm if I'm Mister Business though, uh-huh. I'm saying, hey, Sakurai, take a nap. Take two years off. Two 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 three years. Your apprentice is going to basically handle the next two years of content that we uh-huh. are going to add to Smash. Yes. Because I don't see any reason why not. Like, I mean, it's not like I think this churn forever, you know, should happen. But for some of these games, it just makes the most sense to to run it that way. And especially with Animal Crossing, which it's for them to just be like, okay, folks, we are a year and a half removed from the release of this game. And we're We're, not touching it again. We're crucially. It was the it was, most important thing in on earth. Like, on like earth. not an exaggeration. You're right. Yeah. It was the biggest piece of cultural like cachet. Yes. On, on earth. the planet. Yeah. And they said, We're done. We're gonna pull the plug in 18 months. It it just it is it doesn't, but like you're right, John. There is, you do have to kind of be like, all right, well, you're going to, you're going to be dumb, but that would also be like rewarding me for putting my hand on the fire of the stove every single day. Sure. Which I do. And I don't have fingerprints anymore, (laughs) but like, I just, I, it's, I know it would, it, I think it also feels like smash specifically that smash example. So is so smart, John, your your brain is so big because if you put, you know what putting Sakurai on the bench and letting someone else fuck around for two years does? Yeah. It gives Sakurai some time to think about what the next Smash Brothers looks like that yeah. Nintendo could then still charge 60 fucking dollars for yes. when they release it in four years. Yes. So it's they would make money. Now, I, John, are you sitting? Yes. <laughs> you know me. Yeah. <laughs> you think about this. Mm-hmm. What if I told you that you could have money now and later wow see now yeah. and, and, and an economist would tell me that's a good deal yeah 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 that's what nintendo nintendo is saying we would rather have no money now but more money later yeah which which like i i again i i can't speak to the way the churn for the people that work at nintendo goes because we don't have really a, a window into that all we have are nintendo direct presentations where we all look at each other and go wow, Sakurai looks tired. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the most clue that we have. And I don't but know, I it doesn't, I, like, I don't want to advocate for just this, like, eternal churn, but there does mm-hmm. seem to be a specific way that Nintendo does these things that for a Western audience specifically, we're all kind of looking at each other like, y'all are leaving money on the table. Like this is, this is, this could be so much of a bigger cultural moment if y'all kept updating the stuff and the conversation kept going, but that's not how they, that's not how they're doing it. But I also think like there is, okay, John, you know, the director of super smash brothers. Yes. Ultimate. Yes. His his name is Sakurai. Yes. Who directed animal crossing? I don't know. Okay. Who, you know, you, I know three people who work at Nintendo right now. Uh, Anuma, in charge uh-huh. of Zelda. Yes. Miyamoto, in charge uh-huh. of Mario. And Sakurai, in charge of Smash Brothers. That churn 
happens already. So it's not like it's not like there there's there are personalities that are so critically important in a lot of Nintendo's games that there is one brain behind the entire vibe of Animal Crossing that everybody is like that's where all of the ideas are. It yeah. very clearly is a transient team that people come in and out of but all are still working together to put together this thing that has a very unified feeling. Yeah. So I don't even think it would matter if the team was completely different next year than it was. Like if every single person who worked on animal crossing, new horizons left Nintendo over the course of the last 18 months, literally no one would know you would be, it would be impossible to tell if that team was gone. Yeah, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. And that's why this is one of the strangest (laughs) stories of the year, but yeah, I want to thank you, Nikki. Yeah, for no worries. Taking me through it. That online, that OLED though. I know. Ooh. I know. Super tasty. Like fuck Nintendo. Like based on the conversation we just had. Yeah. Tetris, Tetris effect might be on my fucking game of the year list because the screen is so good. That's amazing. I can't it's wait to get it. Up. Maybe Walmart will finally give it to me at some point. Yeah. Check uh, John. Check check under your chair. Yeah. Well, nope. That's a dog is sleeping under there. Ah, uh, I like can't. A switch, I can't play Metroid Dread on that. Ah. Uh, All right. Try again. Thanks, Nikki. You're welcome. Netflix continues to deal with the fallout from Dave Chappelle's stand-up special, The Closer. Uh, His most recent stand-up special and the last in a series of stand-up specials that he signed with Netflix uh, is extremely transphobic uh, in many different ways. Uh, But Dave Chappelle's jokes uh, were under fire this week from Twitter, from a lot of different areas of the internet, and also from Netflix employees themselves. Uh, One uh, employee uh, wrote a thread, um, not really attacking the show, but just expressing a great deal of heartbreak and disappointment uh, that Netflix would stand by a show like that with a large thread showcasing a lot of the trans misogynist violence that happens to trans women uh, and also just the trans community at large. Uh, That employee was actually suspended at some point this week, uh, but not for that thread apparently, but instead for crashing a meeting uh, that they were not supposed to be at. So, That's just, I guess, really bad timing. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, folks are, of course, upset with Netflix over this, especially as they've expanded their LGBTQ programming and have, you know, verticals and a Twitter account based on that stuff. Uh, They're kind of... They're kind of talking with their left hand, uh, knowing fully uh, what their right hand is also doing at the same time, uh, which is really frustrating. Uh, This week, Ted Sarandos, the Netflix co-CEO, sent a uh, memo to the entire Netflix staff actually defending the closer and – and saying the following, uh, we know the number of you have been that a number of you have been left angry, disappointed and hurt by our decision to put Dave Chappelle's latest special on Netflix with the closer. We understand that the concern is not about offensive to some content, but titles which could increase real world harm, such as further marginalizing already marginalized groups, hate violence, etc. Last year, we heard similar concerns about 365 days, 365 days and violence against women. While some employees disagree, we have a strong belief that content on screen doesn't directly translate to real-world harm. 
he went on to basically elaborate about uh, you know uh, shows and movies causing real world harm uh, in a, a widely widely criticized memo uh, that came out this week. Uh, to make matters much worse, uh, Netflix has actually fired a leader of uh, of a, a, a future walkout uh, over the uh, Dave Chappelle special uh, for trying to organize a, uh, a walkout. This employee is black and trans as well, uh, which leaves a lot uh, of, of uh, questions in its wake about why this would happen, why Dave Chappelle would get paid so much money and be criticized so resoundingly and the uh so far the only major consequence of that is the suspension of one employee and now the firing of another uh another that was trying to just start something that is uh very common in a labor movement where a group of workers is discon uh, is disappointed and uh concerned with something that their employer is doing Oh my goodness. Uh, so there's a lot going on with Netflix this week. Uh, we wanted to definitely sit down and talk to uh, Julia Alexander. We had to reschedule that interview, uh, but hopefully we'll be able to reschedule it soon and I'll be able to talk to her about some of this stuff and the potential consequences that Netflix could face as a result of this doubling down on defending this uh, this, this series of uh, stand-up specials that have apparently done very well for the platform, according to a Bloomberg report. Uh, that uh, employee, by the way, uh, is suspected, though uh, not at all proven to have actually released some of that internal data to Bloomberg and leaked it, which is uh, leaks are super rare for Netflix. So that is partially why apparently that this employee was fired, but it is not clear if they're the one, uh, if they're the, the employee that actually leaked this data. Uh, and even so, um, I'm not sure that would be a reason to uh, take this kind of action against the employee. But alas, it has happened nonetheless. Another hotly contested story from this past week is, surrounds Metroid Dread. Kotaku reported that day one emulation uh, was being done for the uh, brand new Nintendo published game from uh, Mercury Steam, a Spanish developer. Uh, and that was re resoundingly criticized uh, by many across the internet, um, mostly folks noting that they're fearful of devs being hurt by piracy in day one emulation because it could mean that they might be out of work whereas i tend to look at things coming from an oversaturated game uh game market uh bad publishing deals publishers with draconian uh ways of doing business um and also you know just abysmal working conditions for developers across the industry as being much more dangerous than emulation and piracy. Uh, but that, that conversation, uh, fortunately, uh, is now in the past. However, uh, Mercury Steam, the developer behind the highly acclaimed brand new 2D Metroid game, uh, is under fire a bit for actually having a bizarre crediting policy. According to several sources, uh, including some former employees, uh, Mercury Steam's uh, 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 major uh, criteria for being allowed credit on games uh, are twofold. You have to have worked for about 25% more, 25% or 
more on a project in order to be credited. And you also have to uh, give at least 42 days notice before leaving the studio. Folks that did not uh, give uh, more than 42 days notice or worked on less than 25% of the game were left out of the credits of this game. Now, some employees that had actual stuff in the in Metroid Dread, assets, uh, pieces of sound, some gameplay elements that they could point to and say, I worked on this but was not credited for it, uh, had not actually either worked 25% or given that specific notice. But still, crediting is a widespread issue in the games industry, and it is disappointing that Mercury Steam uh, would have such a wild and draconian way of crediting their workers. Um, this is not just a thing that is uh, uh, consistent with Mercury Steam. It is across the industry. You know, Crediting is becoming a, a hot-button issue because a lot of uh, development studios have policies like this where you have to basically get to the finish line or uh, accomplish certain goals in order to be credited on a game. That is a super, super bad way of doing credits. By the way, uh, if someone comes in and works on your game, they need to be credited for the work that you're doing. So uh, that is uh, a, a new story. And it's another thing where it's like, uh, you know, maybe maybe things like this hurt Mercury Steam more than day one piracy and emulation. So just keep that in mind, folks. Um, Gaming Forum Reset Era, uh, which is a uh, basically a spinoff from the ashes of NeoGAF, another forum, uh, actually just sold this past week for $4.5 million to a Swedish esports site uh, uh, media network called MOBA Network. Uh, it is a, a big sale. <laughs> I won't go into how I feel about the actual amount, but uh, Reset Era is a a pretty major forum where a lot of stuff gets uh, a lot of news actually gets broken, and a lot of uh, discussions take place in and around the games industry as well as other industries like the entertainment industry. Um, According to the MOBA network, uh, the uh, Reset Era uh, has done well in terms of revenue and is now going to be a uh, major part of their uh, growing uh, ad network um, revenue. So they're basically folding in Reset Era to boost it up with ads and grow it. Uh, the folks that run uh, the folks that run Reset Era is really just really one person and also a bunch of mods that uh, may or may not be paid. Um, say that the site will continue to run uh, independently uh, with no sort of editorial or major guidance from MOBA Network. Uh, but you know how the uh, additional ads and all that stuff uh, is implemented, of course, remains to be seen. Toshihiro Nagoshi and Daisuke Sato are two very important figures in the Ryuga Gotaku studio, the folks that made uh, Yakuza and Yakuza Like a Dragon. They have left the studio and uh, left it to Masayoshi Yokoyama, who is now the uh, brand new studio director. In uh, a blog post on the studio's website... Yokoyama says, quote, before Ryugagotaku Studio became truly established, Ryugagotaku was basically synonymous with Toshihiro Nagoshi. However, I did not want to rely too heavily on that. So although I had little influence at the time, I kept fighting for change. Ten years have passed since then, and that, and that resistance I had felt has changed to a feeling of camaraderie over time. And now I'm feeling I'm inheriting the studio from a great creator. In announcing the new structure of the studio, I contemplated what, sh what I should convey to everyone. Then I remembered the word. I said on August 31st, 10 years ago, on stage at the Ryugagotaku Studio launch announcement. I am proud to be standing here as a member of the studio today. 
in addition to these major department departures, uh, we have confirmation that a sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, with new protagonist, protagonist Ichiban Kasuga is, uh, is in route. Uh, so they are working on a brand new uh, turn-based RPG uh, in the Yakuza universe with the new protagonist, protagonist Ichiban, which is uh, really exciting for myself and a lot of other folks that think that game is pretty good. Uh, Capcom actually says right now that uh, cross-save and cross-play are simply not possible in Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, so for folks that want to uh, play with your folks, uh, play with other folks on PC, if you have the Switch version and vice versa and want to basically take your Switch save to the PC version, which is coming out soon, you will not be able to do this. This is something that is highly requested and also very, very, very common at this point in the industry. But Capcom is saying that it's just not possible. They've looked into it. They appreciate feedback and support, yada, 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 but they can't implement it at this time. And it kind of sounds like they're not even going to try to implement it. It kind of seems like they are pushing it aside at the moment. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak is the uh, is the expansion that's coming out um, next year. That'll be in summer 2022. And the PC version of Monster Hunter Rise uh, will actually be out uh, not, not too long from now on January 12th, 2022. Hey, remember when uh when Fortnite made that imposters mode and it's basically just Among Us and everyone was like, God, you all just made Among Us and they didn't ever they never said the words Among Us and Inner Sloth was like pretty cool about it, but it was also pretty weird. Anyway, a highly, highly, highly coordinated uh, social media conversation between Among Us and Fortnite happened this past week uh, with the implication that Among Us and Fortnite are going to begin working on a project together, some sort of collaboration, which made a lot of sense to just do in the first place. But this seems like a product of backlash and some attempted uh, clawback of goodwill, which makes a lot of sense because it really doesn't make sense to you know, not credit Among Us for this phenomenon. Although, in fairness, Among Us was not the first game to do the things that it's doing. However, it is a game that probably popularized it the most. And uh, yeah, so it looks like they're going to be working on a collab. Uh, when we know more about that, uh, we will certainly, certainly let you know. Uh, and finally, I want to say, I want to give a shout out to the Final Fantasy XIV team here at fanbyte.com. Michael Hyam, Mike Williams, Natalie Flores, uh, Steven Strom, uh, a lot of folks contributing to a lot of Final Fantasy XIV stuff. The preview uh, embargo for the new Inwalker stuff is up. If you want to find anything, and I really mean anything, about the preview, uh, you can find it over at fanbyte.com. There's a lot of news that came out this week. Uh, it'll be easier to level up your main and secondary jobs. You can read about that. Mike Williams wrote about that for the site. Natalie Flores did a great interview with uh, Yoshi P. Uh, they're, they're basically going to scale down all the numbers so everything is a little bit lower. You're not dealing with huge uh, sums of damage all the time because that's getting out of hand and they want to basically make room for the next wave of stuff. Uh, and also just some really interesting notes from that interview uh, as well. Uh, and trusts basically like little NPCs that you can play with in uh, Final Fantasy XIV. They're basically making uh, a lot of tweaks to those and make it, and will probably make it a lot easier to actually totally solo the game uh, at some point if you would like to. Uh, I don't know why you would. Actually, I do know why. I like to play a lot of MMOs by myself. I play most video games by myself. But I have to say, 
It has been a lot of fun playing Final Fantasy XIV with a crew. So if you're slow to do that, if you're not sure, you know, if you don't really like playing with other folks, I would at least give Final Fantasy XIV a try uh, with a party because uh, the the community is really supportive and it's a good place, good place to be. Uh, very good video game. Uh, Keep it, uh, keep it right here with the Inwalker crew, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Um, we're doing a ton of stuff. There's going to be a ton of stuff on the site uh, over the next month or so, leading up to the launch of Inwalker. So, if you uh, if you like Final Fantasy XIV, we've really got you covered in basically every possible way. Uh, let's uh, let's move on and get you uh, get you ready for what's coming up this coming week. actually pretty happy to report that there aren't that many major video games coming out this week i'm not saying that they're not there i'm not saying that you know if your game is on this list that you're super excited about um that you shouldn't be excited i'm just saying after many many weeks in a row of having a ton of must play games this week is a little bit quieter it's a little bit more measured as we head into uh, an even busier time late october into early november so let's go through the list um, first of all, we have Nuclear Blaze coming to PC on October 18th. Dying Light Platinum Edition comes to Switch. I believe that is a, uh, a cloud-based game. So if you're into that parkour zombie stuff, just know that the Switch version is going to be a cloud-based. That comes out on October 19th. Into the Pit, also October 19th for PC and Xbox One. War Mongrels is coming to PC on October 19th. YouTuber's Life 2 comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on October 19th. Healing Spree comes to PC on October 20th. Jars comes to PC and Switch on October 20th. Resident Evil 4 VR looks coming to Oculus VR on October 21st. That is a very cool one if you're uh, if you're into that game, especially actually if you've never played it. Uh, VR might be a very, very, very fun way to play that game. I have no idea. I will have no idea. One, I deleted my Facebook account, so I'll probably never play Oculus VR again. And two, I'm too scared. I'm too scared to play games like that. But anyway, I'm super excited to see what people do with that. A uh, Growbot is coming to PC on October 21st. Sands of Aura comes to PC on October 21st. Tandem, A Tale of Shadows comes to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch on October 21st. Jumanji. The video game Enhanced Edition comes to PS5 on October 22nd. Mega Monster Party comes to PC on October 22nd. And the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes comes to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and Xbox One on October 22nd. Uh, new for this uh, this week, we're going to talk about Game Pass. Uh, we're going to talk about what's leaving, what's there. Uh, the Good Life, the Swirry uh, Cat game, that was actually added a few days ago uh, on the 15th. Uh, and Echo Generation is coming this week. It's added on October 21st. So if you're into Echo Generation, you should check that out. It come, comes, uh, comes out in a few days. Uh, and things that are leaving. Uh, these have already left, but they just left. So basically, I'm just rubbing it in in case you in case you missed it or something. Uh, but uh, Goner Two, Katana Zero, uh, uh, Scourgebringer, and Tales of Spir- Vesperia HD actually just left Xbox Game Pass, but it doesn't appear that anything else is going to be leaving the uh, the platform this month so far. Uh, in case you didn't know, because we've never really talked about it, Mortal Kombat Ten 
and PGA Tour 2K21 uh, are uh, are on PS Plus right now uh, for PS4, and uh, Hell Let Loose is uh, available right now on uh, PS Plus uh, on PlayStation 5, and those will all be available for free download as long as you're a subscriber to PS Plus uh, until the end of the month. That started on October 5th. So yeah, uh, not a ton of things on the streaming side to look out for, except for Succession. Succession Season 3, which is, um, I'm very excited about it. Listen, if you're only hearing this the morning it's posted on Sunday, this evening, Succession starts. There are only, I believe, eight episodes in Season 2 of Succession. You can do it. You can watch the whole thing in a day. It doesn't take that long. It's a great show. I think you should try it. Is it is it eight? It might be ten. I might be wrong about that. It could be. I'm going to look right now. It's I'm on HBO Max right now. It's t- okay. I'm sorry. It's ten episodes. So just just start right now. Start right now. Just binge it, and by this evening, you'll get through it. Okay, and then you can watch season three um, at the very beginning, like the rest of us. Anyway, uh, this show is great. If you like terrible people um, who are super rich, nobody likes these people. But this is a really richly, uh, richly, richly written and directed show about some of the worst people on earth that you can't kind of also can't help but root for. It's it's weird. It makes me feel weird. But it's a very good television program, and if you haven't checked it out yet, I think you should. Um, it also uh, involves some of the most biting and uh, uh, prescient um, media uh, industry critique I think I've ever seen on a TV show. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very biased uh, towards that kind of stuff. So anyway, check it out. That's like my big pick for the week. If you're into succession, try, you know, season three is the thing that you're looking out for. If you're not into it, you should check it out because I think it's uh, it's one of the best shows on TV. Anyway, that's everything that's coming out uh, this next week. It's not a ton. Hopefully you're still recovering from the previous few weeks. I just picked up Disco Elysium on Switch and I'm just like, wow, I've got that in the palm of my hand now. That's pretty wild. Um, and Metroid Dread is good. Even if you even if you buy it. <laughs> that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for the knowledge. I want to thank my guest, Nikki Grayson, for stopping by and talking about Animal Crossing and some very, very, very insightful commentary about Nintendo's kind of strange live game practices, or at least lack of live game practices. That was a great conversation, uh, and I really enjoyed it. If you want to follow Nikki, you can do so over at Godsua. If you want to follow my wonderful producer, uh, Paul Tamayo, you can do that over at uh, Polly Mayo. I almost forgot his uh his at but it's Polly mayo uh, please listen to the optional podcast it's paul's wonderful podcast i listen to it every week and it is such a blast uh, he and camp rooster are a riot together i love them uh and also uh paul's got a great stream every thursday morning called fan turismo it's uh it's all about racing in it motospool <laughs> you can catch all of our podcasts at podcast and that dot work and until next week you're welcome